Hey, this is Corey Wong. If you are interested in guitar players, if you're interested in artists and how they think, why they create, what it is that motivates them to create, come check out my podcast, Wong Notes Podcast, where I get to interview some of my absolute heroes, people like John Mayer, Niall Rogers, Jacob Collier, Madison Cunningham, Benson, Vi, Santana, Satriani, Lukather, Matheny. Oh, the names are insane icons of the guitar, icons of artistry and creativity. I absolutely love sitting down with these musicians and getting to ask them about their creative process and get into the details of why they do what they do. Check it out, Wong Notes. Listen now, wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Chasing Frets. My name is Jason Shadrick, and I'm here with Andy Ellis. Hello, everyone. And uh, our final episode today with Neely Brosh is is one. It can be a hard topic to discuss and dive into, but it's really necessary. And that is how do we play without pain? Basically, how do we prevent injuries, both physically with our hands and audibly with our ears? Mm-hmm. And uh, Neely has had some experience with this and offers her insights into how to play guitar in a very physical setting. I mean, her progressive rock is is a very physically demanding style of guitar. And we can all learn from that, regardless of what style of guitar we play. We are all subject to the weight of the instrument, our fingers and wrist joints, and our hearing. So we'll learn, all of us will learn a lot from this episode. We want to wrap up this week with Neely. I want to encourage you to go check out her uh, her records, uh, her YouTube channel. She just posted a really great uh, cover. She said she finally, got, as you heard the other day, she finally got around to learning uh, Cliffs of Dover. And so she posted a video on her YouTube channel of that. And she also mentions the uh, our new uh, virtual guitar camp that she's doing with Jennifer Batten and Gretchen Men, who was on the podcast recently. So we'll put uh, links to that down below as well. And uh, again, we'll enjoy this, uh, this final episode with Neely Brosh. All right, hey everybody, welcome back. We're here again with Neely and Andy. And yeah. today's topic, we are going to talk, uh, you know, more about the the health and wellness side of our uh, of our playing in our in our profession. And that's kind of a way to prevent real serious injury. Yeah, yeah. And and Neely, I guess I've been playing guitar about fifty seven years now, and over the course of that time. I've seen many kinds of music come and go. Um, I've seen many kind of attitudes towards uh, help for guitarists. We're talking specifically, you know, for how you keep your body and soul together uh, to to play for all your life, you know. Um, You're a lifer. I know it. Jason's a lifer. I'm a lifer. We're just doing this for for the rest of our life. Don't take my guitar away. But... (laughs) What a lot of people, I think, don't realize is that there are, ironically, dangers inherent to this thing that we love so dearly. We love guitar. And yet, if we're not careful, the very thing that we love 
can prevent us from doing the thing we love to do down the road. And, you know, maybe some experiences or some, some ideas that you have about what it is. You play very technical music that's very demanding on your body, on your hands, on your wrists, on your joints. What do you do to keep it together so that you can do this 30 years from now? Well, for me, it's been kind of, it's, it's been an interesting journey because it's something that at least where I, in the way that I was brought up, it wasn't really addressed, you know? It's not something that was addressed in music school, really, or, you know, I, I've had a few select people in, in the course of my life that, you know, just happened to say one thing here or there that, that kind of opened my mind when it comes to how to position things so that you're not really hurting your hands and everything. And so I never really, and, and I'll get into that a little bit, but like I never really had any like wrist issues or anything like that. But uh, unfortunately, I have done some gigs that did kind of injure me in ways that I wasn't really prepared for or really expecting. And you really start to understand like what the wear and tear means when you're doing like really, really large numbers of shows and, and, and <laughs> wearing heels and all the other things that we talked about. Um, so I, I actually, you know, for me, you know, this, the left shoulder gets beat up a lot. Everybody's left shoulder gets beat up a lot. If, if, even if you're sitting down and never playing gigs and actually putting the weight of the guitar on the one shoulder, you're, you're gonna have bad posture. Cause like, as I'm sitting here, it's like, if you're gonna be playing guitar, like your shoulders are never gonna be like exact, you can't really, there's only so much you can sit up sp straight, you know? So you really start to like feel this shoulder after some years and, and, and hours and hours of sitting down and then like doing gigs. And so for me, I've, you know, I've made some mistakes along the way and, and some of them have been like playing really heavy guitars. Some of that was not my decision, but you know, you, or, you know, you kind of, you're forced to do that in a way and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm signing up for this, but, uh, you don't always know the aftermath that it's going to have on you, you know? So I actually have some injuries, but what I've learned is a big part of it, um, you know, I'm doing a lot of physical therapy, but a big part of it is really just staying fit as just a, as a person, you know, like I'm never, I've, I like sports, but I've never been like the super like upper body workout type of person. So for me, it was like all guitars kind of felt heavy to begin with. And even just the threshold of being stronger than your instrument kind of thing, like I feel the difference with that. You know, if I do gigs now where I'm in good shape and I, and I feel strong and everything, then yeah, it really hurts less. So, I mean, I, I do a lot of yoga now and stretching and, and things like that. And I have, you know, specific PT exercises, but as far as, as the wrists go, you know, like there, again, there's only so much that, that you can do, but a lot of my playing as much, as much as can be that way is kind of horiz uh, sorry, not horizontal, vertical in nature. Like, so if my, uh, if my fingers are, uh, diagonal and I get to wrap my thumb all the way around, then the position of the hand is, is really this, right? And so if you're playing chords or anything that you have to stretch where you can't have the thumb all the way up, then it turns your hand into the, the claw type of thing. And so this, this positioning ends up being like a lot more taxing on your hand and on your elbow and stuff over time. So I've started to have like a little bit more of, of those issues, but the more I can like just keep, uh, the more stuff I can play from this position, the less 
turmoil it's gonna it's gonna have on my I'm, on my forearm and stuff. But um, I do I've discovered this thing that's called um, a therapy ball, where it's just like a, a kind of a yoga tool that like I mean for my neck and my injuries it's like it's already awesome. It's just like you're just kind of massaging it out. But you can you can do it with the forearm too. So if I have like some knots here from certain positioning and, and many hours or whatever, I literally just kind of like roll it out for a while. And uh, you kind of have to like try not to beat it up too much because you can really make yourself like super sore for the next day because like it, it, it's just like it hurts so good, you know, that, that you're just like, let me beat this up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, but it helps. And for people listening, it's like a tennis ball shaped right ball that you just rub on she was rubbing it on her forearm yeah it's like a, it's like a massage ball you mm -hmm. know and yeah so you you just kind of however you can obviously not like this but yeah however you can lay on it to 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 put it where where you need to massage mm -hmm. but yeah it's 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 the little things you know like stretching and and just little things like this and even i mean when I'm really injured or when I was really injured, like we take it for granted or we think it's luxuries. But like for me, when I was doing like a really athletic gig like that too, it was like going to, to jacuzzi and or getting a massage or even like a sauna or something like that was like kind of part of like my regular self-care recovery stuff because, you know, I was really living like an athlete and the, the aftermath of it kind of felt the same. So these are the, you know, little things that are helping. Are there certain stretches or maybe you might do before a particularly demanding gig? I know we talked about death clock earlier this week and some of those rhythms, those downstroke rhythms are real demanding, you know, like before you, whether it's a gig or a yeah. practice session for that kind of music, are there things you actually do on the guitar to not necessarily musically warm up, but physically warm up? Um, I, I haven't felt like I needed to with that just because the way the riffs were laid out, there was nothing that went, I mean, there were a couple things that like went on so long that you felt like your endurance was running out or whatever, but I really work hard not to muscle through anything. So I never really feel fatigue from, from that type. So even on a gig like that, just having like the breaks between the songs and not every riff being as demanding or whatever, you, you kind of like shift between gears and have time to like recover. So I never feel like I, I have to like necessarily warm up for that. It's just more of the, the long term being in shape for it because like, yeah, I, I couldn't do that gig today. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't pick up the, the, the C standard guitar and, and like do all everything that I need to do with, with fast endurance, with all that endurance and everything. But if I plan the whole month before the gig, then you kind of get back in yeah. shape for it. Are there certain pre-gig uh, rituals you do on the guitar to help you loosen up? Yeah, it depends. It depends on the gig. So if if there are things that are technically challenging, then I'll usually run through those things and I'll I'll metronome them and I'll keep everything really really slow. I'm, I'll never get up to tempo. It's just for the muscle memory. It's just for the the con confidence building aspect where you're just like okay, my hands really do know this. I can, I can trust the muscle memory. I'm not going to forget it because I'm overthinking or really just to kind of get in the, in the zone or stuff. But as much as my, you know, so much of what I play comes off as really technical, it's, it's rare that something is like so technically challenging, like a hundred percent of the time that, that you don't get a break to, to recharge, you know? Do you write your music with that in mind, that, that that there's an ebb and flow. I mean, maybe not even consciously, but are you instead of going, go, you know, 
do, do you, when you write your music, you, you know you're going to have passages of, of intensity and then pull back to groove? You know, is that conscious? I don't know. I mean, not not intentionally. You know, if if that's what comes out, then that's what comes out. But I I really just try to to go with like what the music is sort of telling me to do. You know what I mean? I really just try to serve the music in the particular situation. But you know, tension and release happens in many different ways. So I'm sure it naturally works its way in there somehow. There's another aspect of physical health that most people don't want to talk about, and that is hearing loss. Yeah. And uh, I remember as a 20-year-old playing through two full 100-watt Marshall stacks, full bore. Ah, the good old days. I mean, you know, at the time I had long hair, and it it would blow my hair. You know, we were just (laughs) – and the bass player had two full Marshall stacks, too. I mean, we were insane. Uh, But that was back in the day when you didn't um, have PA systems like you do today. So if you were to fill the hall, you had to be loud at the at the source, you know, just like insane. Right. Um, right. And then I read uh, a Pete Townsend article in Guitar Player magazine, and he was, you know, the Who were, you know, was live at Leeds time, and he was saying uh, that he was starting to go deaf, and that was like, oh, whoa, better think about this dude, <laughs> and I endured a lot of crap from my bandmates for putting earplugs in and going forward. But now, as an old man, I can hear the difference between a vintage D28 and a, a new Collings. They're both beautiful, but, I mean, I can still hear it. What do you do today in modern music, progressive music? It's loud, it's intense. What do you do in rehearsals and also on stage to be mindful of your hearing? Well, so for me, it's it, again, it, it depends on the gig. So if if I'm not wearing in ears, then I'm definitely wearing earplugs. And if I'm wearing in ears, then I really try to keep things at a volume that's not ridiculous to to me. Also, because you know, in ears they can be kind of isolating. So there's things that I like about them and things that I don't really like about them. You know, because as much as you might get a, a nice mix, sometimes like you're on stage with people and. I feel like in such a bubble, you know, that sometimes you want to really feel the room, but I've really only done like a few gigs of heavy music without earplugs. And it is so painful. Like it's so painful. It's physically, for me, it's physically painful after a while, but also like the few times that I've done it, I, I notice certain things. Like if it's a two hour show, then like hour two rolls around and you can't, you can't hear your intonation anymore. Like you're bending and you can't tell if it's in tune because all the sound is getting squashed. You're hearing all these like high-end frequencies just like ruining your hearing and you're just like, oh, it's just miserable for me. So as much as like, you know, it, it can be restrictive in different ways to play with earplugs on stage and it's 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 a little less fun. Let's, let's say it like that, right? But like, man... If the, if the gig is long enough, it can be so much more painful to not wear them. And then that's, you know, that's just the short term. The long term is, of course, so much more detrimental. So we try not to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Well, Neely, thank you so much for hanging with us this week. And, and oh, yeah, uh, thank you for having me. So much fun always. It's, I feel like we, we, could, uh, we could go on for another 
three episodes. Mm. So make sure to check out uh, Neely's. What do you have? You have are you working on a new album? What are you doing now, Neely? So I'm working on a bunch of things. Um, I do have a new single coming out uh, in August. Uh, cool. I, I don't want to say an exact release date yet because I don't want to uh, then come back and say something else. But uh, <laughs> it will have a music video, and you know I'm writing more. I have I just joined a, a new band like right before COVID hit, and we're gonna make a, a really cool album. But uh, you know, till gigs are a thing again, you know I'm just here working on my stuff and and. You know, putting out videos, doing the streams, and oh yeah, and I'm doing a really cool weekend summer guitar camp with Jennifer Batten, Gretchen Men, and Vicky Genfin. Uh, it's Jennifer's thing. It's called the Guitar Cloud Symposium, and it's four days of us like instructing on 24 different subjects. We each have six subjects that we're teaching. We're doing like live Q and As and and live hangs, and it's it's basically like you know trying to be one of the camps that we can't have in person. Um, but doing it on Zoom. So that's from uh, August 7th to the 10th. Hmm. And yeah, I can't wait to like watch my uh, my girls' uh, subjects because they're each teaching like some really cool things that I'm like, wow, this is, it's really interesting and diverse. And, and uh, yeah, so. Cool. Cool. Well, make sure to, to follow Neely on all her various socials and hit her website <laughs> for more information about that and everything she's doing. And thanks again, Neely, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Bye.